Hey there, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show that you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. I am your lovely host, Cole Harmon, and I have a really special episode for you today. I had a fantastic conversation with one of my good friends, Katie Veach, and that'll be coming up here in just a minute. But first, I just wanted to let you know about a few business things. First of all, I just want to say a huge thanks to my newest patrons, Dave and Daniel. I also want to say thanks to Becky because she just uh, more than doubled her monthly pledge to my Patreon. Um, If you like this show, you can actually join the super exclusive club of patrons. Now, I, for one, was never picked for the kickball team in school. So if you like the sound of being part of something exclusive, you want to be chosen, you want to be elect, then let me tell you, sweet, sweet prestige is within your grasp. For as little as $1 per month, you can join the crew and get access to all kinds of fun behind-the-scenes rewards. What kind of rewards, you might be asking? Well... I just launched my very first ever School of Happy Evangelism, and uh, it was amazing. It's where I help people understand that anywhere you step your foot, you can manifest the power and love of Jesus. We saw a lot of cool miracles. Uh, There was a guy who had like 8 out of 10 shoulder pain, and uh, not only did he get healed, but they actually took time to prophesy over him and his wife, and they were super touched by it. Um, It was also really fun to see people who had never gotten a word before, had never received a word of knowledge, um, actually learn to hear from God for the very first time. It was so cool. Um, So I sent them out in little groups, and each group came back with awesome stories. So I will be posting the audio of that class in my Patreon page. My second order of business here is if you like this show... If it's meant anything to you at all, would you just do me a favor, go to iTunes and just leave a five-star review, leave a nice little note for me, that would be amazing. So, with all of that out of the way, let's start the theme song and I'll get into my interview with Pastor Katie Beach of Bethel Cleveland. Thanks for tuning in. It's a beautiful fall Cleveland day, and I'm hiding out in the uh, Bethel Cleveland Nursery with one of my favorite people, (laughs) Katie Beach. Um, She's a children's director. She's a mom of four. She's a teacher. She's many, many things. But what I really love about Katie is how... When I talk to Katie, I feel tangibly the goodness of God. I feel his love. Um, I feel celebrated. And a lot of people probably think that God is this really serious, stoic being. But anytime I've ever encountered Jesus, I'm always shocked at how bubbly, how, uh, I don't even know how to put it, just so full and excited. And when I first heard Katie Beach preach, um, I was in BSSM. And uh, I remember thinking, wow, that is exactly how I feel 
when I'm talking to Jesus. I'm like, this is awesome. So I, I am just confident that, uh, I don't know what this is going to be like because um, it feels really saucy in here already. <laughs> so I would just invite you, the listener, to sit back and just uh, just begin to feel the goodness of God around you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just tune in. Yeah. And, and let God... We've been talking a lot on our show lately, uh, Katie, just as some background about letting go of some of our really monstrous pictures of God that yeah. he's this wrathful, angry... Yeah. Uh, vengeful sort of scary person, but actually when you begin to get to know him, you see that he is beauty, he is love, he is grace, and it's so good, it's so compelling. Yeah. It's beyond anything you could ever imagine. And, and, uh, yeah. And so I would just invite you, like, um, in this time to really allow your mind and your spirit to engage and change yeah. to see something new. So. <laughs> Katie Beach. Hi. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Great. It's so beautiful. The fall, the leaves, the layers. It's beautiful. Indeed. I love layers. I, I love wearing like eight layers of clothing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Do you, do you know the movie A Christmas Story? Have you seen that one? Is that the one with the guy in the suit, the little boy? And like, <laughs> yes. And he falls over. <laughs> but it, yes, I would live in that if yes. I could. I love that. <laughs> Pretty much sleep like that, too. It's yeah, pretty great. Yeah, it's cold enough here to do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is. Actually, I heard rumors of snow. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Let's nope. just park and fall. I yep. like the pumpkin and the orange. Yeah. But anyway, yes, you're amazing. And I really want to just give you an opportunity to share from your heart. And one thing I'm really just curious about is how did you meet Jesus? Mm. Yes. <laughs> I met Jesus when I was seven years old, my first grade teacher asked my mom, can I take Katie to church with me? And my mom said, yeah. And so I went to church with my first grade teacher. That's so awesome. They don't do that anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. And and the kids pastor at the church just started to explain, if you don't know who Jesus is, let me tell you, he loves you and he died for you and he wants a relationship with you. And so my heart started to burn in my chest and I thought, I want this, I want this Jesus guy. And so um, at the end of the service, he said, if you want Jesus, come up here and we'll pray for you. And so I asked Jesus to come and be my best friend and it's been incredible since. So at that church, I learned that Jesus loved me and died for me and wanted to have a relationship with me. And I remember being so excited to have a best friend and that I was never alone. And that alone was really powerful to walk through. Just the hardships of growing up as a kid, it was powerful to walk through. You know, just like middle school (laughs) relationships. self-image, like just growing up, it was a beautiful place of consistent love for me, that he was there and that he loved me. It, it like took me through the hardest moments as, as a child and as a teenager. It was, it was just beautiful to be able to do that with him. Yeah. yeah. I came out of two, two years of volunteering with you and yeah. Just amazing to see kids' heart respond to that idea of, like, you don't have to be alone. Yeah. 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 And I'm always, too, I'm always surprised just 
it's a little heavy, I guess, but just at how many kids are really going through it, even at a young yeah. age, like yeah. seven. Yeah. And to think, wow, you can not only encounter this beautiful God, but live life with him. So that's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's hard being a kid sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they don't know. <laughs> they just don't know yet what life is going to be like. So yeah. even the smallest things like who to sit with at lunch is a big deal in their world. And adults sometimes forget how much of a big deal that can be. But to Jesus, he's right there in that moment. Like, I'll sit with you. I'll sit with you. That's so good. Jesus yeah. wants to sit with you at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit about some of your most powerful or maybe more most formative encounters. One time I was reading this book and I realized that I had learned a lot about Jesus over the years, but not much about the Father. And I learned while reading that book that I was believing things about God that might not be true. <laughs> and I, I, it was just like you were talking about at the beginning. I was, I thought he was mad and far away, and I was trying to earn his love, and which we know is impossible. Yeah. And so that just created the cycle of I was trying to be perfect, and then I couldn't be perfect, and then I would thought he was mad at me and far away, and I would just try even harder. And I felt like Jesus said, I want to introduce you to my dad. <laughs> and I remember feeling so scared. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can trust this dad. But after a minute of thinking about it, I decided it's probably a good idea. So I said, yes, I will, mm. I will meet your dad. And so I could just feel him come tangibly into the room he felt kind, and my brain just started to connect dots that I hadn't connected before. Like, I thought about how God is love in John 4. and But then I thought about, in 1 Corinthians, what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. So God is patient. Wow. God is kind. And so I'm realizing, oh, I've been thinking of this God wrong. <laughs> so he offered to teach me about himself. And I said, yes. And so he just went through 1 Corinthians 13 with me and started to explain what it looked like. He said, I'm patient with you. I'm not in a rush with you. I don't need to hurry. I'm kind. Hmm. I believe in you. I don't keep records of your wrong. I will never fail you. And it was so powerful in exposing the belief system that I had. He told me at the end, this is the framework for our relationship. If you ever get the sense that I'm not being kind or patient, that's not me. That's not who I am. So that, that, was, that was our introduction. <laughs> so that's mm. how I've gotten to learn his nature and his heart. That's definitely shaped me. Another one for me is uh, I was having a, some hard days. I was, it was just a funky time. Like my attitude was weird. I couldn't shake out of it. And I just started the conversation. Jesus, I don't know what's wrong. And he immediately said, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I thought, man, I wish I knew. Like three days ago, I wouldn't have had to live in the funk. He said, I want to show you something. And so I saw this vision of a room. It was really simple, all white. There's some pillows. And he had a key in his hand. And he said, I made this room for you. It's a room for delight. Mm. That's all that happens in this room is delight. Mm. And he handed me the key and said, 
You have the key. No one can take this from you, not the devil, not people, no one. You can come to this room at any point, any day, and just be delighted in. And it just shook me again of the, the belief system that I had about God. So that one thing of being delighted in by God at, at, at any point that I need, it's proven to be one of the most useful tools mm. that I've, I've used when I'm having a rough day or having a hard time processing something. And he delights in me, and it brings me back to how much he likes me, and it's that it's not obligatory love, but in light and engagement of my heart and what's going on in my life, and he cares about the smallest things. It just recenters me. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so he's so sweet, though. That's the thing. People don't realize how completely yeah. sweet. And he cares about such small details. Yeah. I was just curious... Oh. Yeah. Uh, what is maybe the most powerful, or or maybe I should say, what's the most special Ooh. miracle that you've seen? Because sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah Johnny had cancer, and uh, he was quadriplegic, and his cancer was healed, and his yeah. arms grew back, and that's awesome. Well, Praise God. But, like, you know, Katie told this story when she was on here, when God made her earrings manifest in, in our bedroom when she <laughs> lost them. <laughs> That's a special miracle. So something that like is that. It's yeah. a special miracle. Oh yeah, a, a couple went through my mind of just like you were saying, <laughs> cancer disappearing and walking up to really scary people and them not killing me. But <laughs> but when you say special, <laughs> the one that stands out to me is um, the the peace that Jesus brings. There there was a time that like I couldn't get out of bed. I, I believed that I was completely alone, and and I couldn't shake out of it, and it was just, you know, impacting all areas of my life, so I decided I just got to go get some help, and so I, I set up a bunch of appointments with some inner healing people, counselors, and people that I knew were trained, had some tools that I could, couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to use myself, and um, mm. he in the deepest places of my heart, my fears, and my pain, and he walked me through the messiest parts of my heart, and he comforted me, and he gave me strategies for the future, asked me not to hate myself, taught me that he is my home, and he is the Prince of Peace, so my home is peace, mm. and that's my inheritance, and that I don't have to live in anything else but peace. And so for me, that's probably been one of the most special miracles because I saw I saw my body not get out of bed. And I heard the thoughts in my head of, of, of locating the gun in our house. Like I, wow. that, that, that's where I was at. And wow. then after meeting with Jesus, it just doesn't. I don't want to die anymore. I, wow. I want to be alive, and I get to I get to stand in peace. I get to rest in peace. Yeah, so that's that's probably the most special for me. That is so good. That is so good. I I want to actually lean into that for a yeah, second. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, one of my good friends, his whole thing is. Uh, Raising the dead. He just goes after it. And one of the things that people kind of get on him for 
is uh, sometimes they're like, why would you want to bring them out of heaven mm-hmm. back here mm-hmm. of all places? And he goes, because if you understood like what is available for us now, you wouldn't want to escape somewhere else. You yeah. would you would want to be here. Yeah. And so hearing you say that, it's like when you, so you said peace is your home. Yeah. I love that because I think a lot of people are carrying around so much junk. Yeah. Like who knows where it all comes from? Just right. Just mindsets and thoughts and wounds and this and that. Oh. And if they only knew, it's like they don't even know that they're sick until they encounter the peace of God and they go, how was I living under that for so long? Like, I feel like a brand new person. But for you to say, no, that's your home. Yeah. I feel like that's something you and Jake do really well, actually, is uh, you model it for a lot of people, is your center is joy, your center is peace. Yeah. And then you're really good at identifying when you're not there. Yeah, yeah. So can you maybe share just a a little bit about that? Yeah, that's... I mean, that's really basically it. We we fight for peace and we fight for connection to each other and to Jesus. And the second it doesn't feel like peace or it doesn't feel like joy or love, we go after it. Like, we just mm. don't tolerate it because we know where we can live. And yeah. so... It, it, we even do that this with our kids. The moment there's disrespects or pain that we see on our face, we just pause everything and just go after a connection. Wait, wait, what happened? What happened? Is your heart okay? Or heart, if it's me not experiencing peace, then it's just a moment of, okay, hold on, guys. I'm going to pause breakfast for a minute and go talk to my heart. And I just go <laughs> into my bedroom for a minute and just... Heart, what, are you okay? You do that. I do that. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know that, like... I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody doing that. Just like, hold on, let's just let's just pause everything and figure oh. this out really quick. I, it seems yeah. so obvious now that you said it, but I'm like, that's so <laughs> juicy, brilliant. Yeah. And uh, can yeah. I ask, like, you've probably been practicing a while. Like, yeah. how long in a moment like breakfast where people might be like, uh, just Hangry. shoving stuff into the Honda and <laughs> yes. trying to get the heck out of yes. the driveway. How long does it usually take you to reconnect? Or, or do you have a time where maybe it's like, shoot, I wish I had three hours to reconnect, but I don't. So can you talk, talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah. All of the above. Okay. <laughs> um, it's true there. It's, it's been happening for a while. And so it's getting very, it's quicker now. It definitely has not always been that quick. It's something that Jake established when we first got married, that connection was going to be our top priority. And so we just have, we've been married now for 14 years. And so, and he, I mean, he even established it before we got married. He said, even in our dating relationship, if we ever feel the call of the Holy Spirit where he wants to hang out with us, we've got to pause our date and go after him. So that was like, that was even in <laughs> while we were dating. And so, so we've just, practice both in our connection to each other and to the Lord. And it's definitely been a process uh, and a lot quicker now. Uh, Like when I went to those inner healing ministries, they were like, well, you're really fast at this, (laughs) like connecting to your heart faster than we've seen. And I told them I've been practicing for a little bit, but it, it's difficult to learn yourself, but you can do it. Like just take, just, just take time to do it. Just take time. And be okay with taking time, like simple questions, like what's, what do you need, heart? 
what happened? And even going back to the moment where the pain happened or the frustration happened or the lie, that's, that's how you could identify a lie even if, oh, it was that moment right there. And then you just walk through it with <laughs> Jesus or your, the, whoever you're in relationship with and just say, oh, this is where that moment happened and go from there and it'll get, get quicker and quicker. So like I said, now it's in seconds, like I'm making eggs. I'm like, oh, I feel anxious about something. Hold on, hold on, everybody, just hold on. And then I go take a minute and I quickly realize, oh, it's because I forgot to do laundry last night and you need your gym uniform. That's, I started to get anxious when I realized that. So let's just pause and make a plan. Do we have an extra gym uniform? Can I, do I have enough time to do laundry? You know, and I just walk through it with my family. They're, it's just a normal part of our mm-hmm. life now. Like we're just going to protect peace. So It's so true. Uh, being around your kids is a really special experience. <laughs> uh, I love them so much because they're such emotionally intelligent kids. You're like, what did you just say? Like... <laughs> do you have a PhD in psychology? <laughs> like, this is so awesome that you're able to tell me, like, exactly what you're feeling and what's going on. And um, and they're able to guard that even in a room. Um, yeah. For those who may not know, like, uh, her older ones, like, volunteer um, with Bethel Kids, and it's just so cool to see what they do. But yeah. I wanted to ask you something that is totally off script at this point. Yeah. Um, if that's all right with you. Yeah. But uh, something that's been really bothering me, uh, weighing heavy on my heart, I think, is um, I would never want somebody to be in pain, to be in doubt, to be in those things, and make them feel bad for that. Because those things happen to every person ever. But at the same time, what you're suggesting is that there is a way uh, to live in which you don't have to live that way. You can live with peace. And you're also saying that there are tools that are available that can help people walk through that. Yeah. Now, something that's been kind of disturbing me a bit lately is I'm seeing a lot of people begin to have, probably because they weren't given tools in the church they were yeah. in or whatever, yeah. they start to have doubts about God, about oh, yeah. themselves, about what they're experiencing. They start to have doubts, you know, and it's okay to have doubts about yeah. the Bible, about Jesus, about all of it. But I'm starting to see more and more people get on this train of like, well, let's just celebrate that and stay in it. It's normal to, to feel anxious or whatever. It's normal to stay there. Um, yeah. So let me just give you a hundred things that aren't Jesus and then you see and I actually have been seeing a lot of friends who were at once like really on fire actually walking away from the faith Um, but when you're telling me that you've been at this for like 14 years with your husband of of pushing through those doubts and figuring it out like can you speak to that at all and maybe maybe there's I I, I guarantee there's probably people listening right now who have the same question like how do I deal with doubt and things like that well, there are there is the practical wisdom of um, like I didn't want to get out of the bed, and so I <laughs> had to like make myself get out of the bed and eat food. So there is the practical of like exercise and actually eating food and being around people who care about you, like all of the, the, that, that list of hundred things that aren't Jesus. Those probably are like a hundred really good things yeah. that definitely help and are worth paying attention to. But you're right. Like my biggest breakthrough was 
in Jesus meeting me. And I guess, I guess maybe not so much the, the stuff is the problem, but more just people saying like, uh, it's, it's not a problem to be off center with peace, but almost just like, well, you know, that's life. So do it. Well, I mean, I guess that is a choice that, that you get to make. Do you, do you want to live in the peace that Jesus paid for? Or do you not? I know it's possible for you because I've experienced it. And so, but I can't do it for you. Like mm-hmm. in the midst of this, my husband, when I was going through this, my husband would try to pray for me and try to give me his, his peace and mm-hmm. try to cover me and encourage me. And it only made me angry. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and when I, I mean, in that season, I definitely doubted God myself. Like, is this what Christianity is, is, is supposed to be? Is this like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, but when I went to those inner healing meetings and I actually found out what the problem was and the lies that I was believing and how, why I was angry at God, like that's actually where the doubt started to dismantle. Like, oh, (laughs) I thought you wanted, I thought this was a part of being a Christian and it's not. So are you willing to maybe dive into that just a little more? Yeah, sure. I think we could do it. Um, there was this, this pressure that I had adopted to look a certain way, to sound a certain way, and the pressure was killing me. And there were things that I wanted to do with my life that I was being told I couldn't do because I was, I was a certain way. I was a woman and I was too bubbly and, um, things I wanted to do. To, to do that I couldn't do. And it, I got all cloudy and confused in, in my heart. I thought, oh, so th- this is what being a Christian is like? Um, this is what this is what it's like in America? I can't be a woman or be bubbly and love Jesus at the same time? Well, <laughs> screw that. Like, that, like Please, I no. felt so trapped and so, like, mad at God that that's what was being created. And just previous to that season, um... God had told me, I want to celebrate you. And so what I realized was I had expected God in his promise to celebrate me, to give me these things that I was going after. And when they weren't given to me, that was the point of anger. That That's where it started for me. I believed in that moment, oh, this God's, God's not keeping his promise to celebrate me because all these things that I want are not being given to me because I look a certain way. Mm. And so it just kind of snowballed from there on, well, God didn't keep his promise on celebrating me. And this is what it's like to be a, a Christian woman. And it just kind of got really distorted. I mean, all I did was go ask for help with people who love Jesus. And mm. they just quickly took me to took me to the root and the beliefs that I was believing. And there was instant freedom of, oh, that's not actually Jesus. Jesus does, he is celebrating me. And this isn't what Christianity looks like. And man, mm. I don't know. So, so for, for me, the so doubt got worked out when I realized the lies that I was believing yeah. about him. That is so good. Yeah, I definitely felt trapped in, in expectations. And so if you feel trapped, that's one of the things that Jesus wants to do is to give you freedom. That's what he paid for was freedom for you. Mm. And so if there is a sense of, I don't have any power in my life and I feel trapped in what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to be. And 
I don't know how to make this work, that's, that does not have to be your reality. I know I said it earlier and that you get a choice of, of which place to, to live in and I don't want it to sound harsh, but it is, it is a choice. Like no one can do it for you, but if you want, if you want it, he has it for you. It's very personal to him. When he was on the cross, he wasn't thinking about the billions of people. He was thinking about you and the freedom that he wants you to live in and the peace that he wants you to live in. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to live inside of your peace, that we get to live inside of your delight, and that you have freedom, like real, true, crazy freedom that doesn't make sense. That's what you paid for. God, I pray that we would receive what you did on the cross. So we just give you permission to come into all the moments. Thank you for always being kind, for chasing after us. Thank you. God, I pray that you would reveal lies that are keeping your loved ones from your hug. Reveal the lies.